West Virginia Collegiate Institute is the best school for Negroes in the state. It's the only school past the eighth grade anywhere near here. Isosceles, scalene, equilateral, rhombus, trapezoid. Catherine's in the sixth grade. They want to take her early. Tetrahedron, dodecahedron. They're offering a full scholarship. All you have to do is get there. Miss Coleman, why don't you solve the equation on the board? We took up a collection amongst the teachers and such. It's not a lot, but it's enough to help get you settled in. That's more than kind, Miss Coleman. of two terms is zero, then common sense says at least one of the two terms has to be zero to start with. So if you move all the terms over to one side, you can put the quadratics into a form that can be factored, allowing that side of the equation to equal zero. Once you've done that, it's pretty straightforward from there. In all my years of teaching, I have never seen a mind like the one your daughter has. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward from there, right? Everybody knew that before she got there. Uh, how many of you have seen this movie, Hidden Figures? Great movie based on a true story. And um, if you had not seen it, you need to watch it. I'll talk more about it in a minute. But uh, three African-American ladies back in the 60s that broke all kinds of um, racial barriers and gender barriers and things like that. And we're going to talk about their abilities. This lady has incredible abilities. Uh, I have a suitcase here today. And the suitcase represents your life or any person's life. All right. We know that suitcases come in different sizes, different shapes, different colors, different purposes. And so we're going to say that this suitcase represents any person who's been born or will be born. This is a person's life. Now, um, God created this. We believe God created it. We believe that every child, every child is, we're going to read about it in a minute, knit together in his mother's womb. Um, so we believe every child is a creation of God, but not every child is a child of God. Not every person who's born is a child of God because you have to ask God to come into your heart. You have to accept what he did before you uh, can become a Christian. You had no choice about your physical birth date. You have a choice about your spiritual birth date and you have to accept what Christ did. So what we, what we believe is that this suitcase represents our life and this suitcase is empty and this represents a person before they come to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that this person has no capacity, cannot understand the things of God because they're spiritually discerned, spiritually appraised. Without the spirit of God, this person cannot have the mind of God. So when you ask Jesus, the way we say it around here is you ask Jesus to be the forgiver of your sin, the leader of your life, then he comes, this is going to represent his Holy Spirit comes to live inside you, takes up residence inside your life. And and at this point, um, you can have the mind of Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, so he never comes to a housewarming party without bringing a housewarming gift. 
We believe that the scripture teaches that every person, every believer in Christ has at least one spiritual gift. You probably have many more than that, but you have at least one. That's what the scripture says. God decides who gets what gifts. You don't get to decide your own. God decides that. And so it is your job to discover what your spiritual gift is, unwrap that gift, and then use it. The reason gifts were given is to build up the kingdom of God, build up the church. So it's your responsibility to discover your gift, use it to build up the church. Now, God also created you with some passions. All right, how many of you had passions like this? these ladies, math? Math is your passion. I actually have two math teachers that were in the early service, and we got one here. I, I had two in the early service, and they're like, yes, we are passionate. Nobody else in the early service. So there's not a whole lot of you passionate about math, right? We need math, and we need people passionate about math, but not everybody's there. You are passionate about something. Some, some of you are passionate about music. Some of you are passionate about children. Some of you are passionate about building. Um, there, there are different things you're passionate about. We believe God designed those things and put those inside side of you. Now, God doesn't waste anything. God will never waste um, your spiritual gifts. God will not waste your natural talents and abilities. We believe that God shaped you, and, and, and I'll come back to this another time. I've talked about this about four years ago, last time I talked about this. But we believe God shaped you to make a difference in this world. And the shape stands for spiritual gifts, heart, your passion, your abilities, your personality. God didn't mess up with your personality. And your experiences. God allows you to go through things. He heals you because you go through things so that you can help somebody else going through the same thing. God God shaped you for ministry. Now, and, and if you want to figure out why you're on the earth, you look at those things, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. That's you, you, you study all that, you'll figure out why God put you on the earth. Now, Job was talking to one of his friends who accused him of having sin. And, and Job said, no, I don't have sin. In the middle of his response to his friend, he talks to God and he says this in Job 10, 8. Your hands shaped me and made me. This means God did not mess up when he made you. He did not drop you on your head spiritually so that you're jacked up. God didn't mess up. People mess up, but God didn't mess up. And so he wants you to learn what um, what your purpose on this earth is for. So I want you to look at somebody right now, crowd participation. I want you to say, God did not mess up when he made me. All right. Now, you need to say it like you mean it. Say it again. God did not mess up when he made me. Say it. All right, very good. One of my favorite fables is about some animals who decided to start a school for animals. They had classes in swimming, flying, and running. The duck, first one up there, the duck, what do you think the duck was good at? Swimming, but he had to drop swimming in order to practice running. And he was not very good at running. Soon he became just an average swimmer because he was neglecting um, his swimming. The rabbit, what do you think the rabbit was good at? He was a good runner, but he broke his leg trying to fly. The eagle, what do you think the eagle was tops in? Flying, yes, but he came waterlogged and almost drowned when he practiced swimming. They tried to do everything instead of developing their God-given abilities. So at the end of the term, nobody was good at anything because they tried to do too much. The point is God created every creature with some strengths, with some abilities. Some animals can run, some can jump, some can swim, some can fly, some can dig. Each animal has a particular strength, a particular role to play based on how God formed them. If you want to discover why you're on this planet, you need to look at your form, your shape, and figure that out. God did not mess up and he wants to use you. Now, in this next clip, you're going to see where um, the ladies are given um, jobs to do based on their abilities. Watch this. Ladies, ladies, 
if you're tired and you don't get an assignment, if you don't get an assignment, you don't have a job. Eleanor, data reduction, building 202. Data reduction? Well, you're welcome to join the Charmers in Magnetoplasma Dynamics. Oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. Data reduction is just fine. Mm-hmm. Mary. Present. The Mercury 7 prototype has arrived for testing. Mr. Zelensky is requesting you for permanent assignment. Are you serious? Get moving. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Mary, keep it in sound. I'm sorry. All right, Miss Late. You will also be supporting the East Group. Mrs. Mitchell. We're on double time this morning, girls. I need these calculations before lunch. Space test group needs a computer. ASAP. Someone with a handle on analytic geometry. We can't fill that position out of the East group. Permanent or temp? Everything's temporary, Dorothy. You have someone? Yes, ma'am. Catherine's a gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. I'll check her credentials. Didn't think I'd come all the way down here. Here. Finch pass those out. Mrs. Mitchell, if I could. My application for supervisor, ma'am. Was just wondering if they're still considering me for that position. Yes. Well, the official word is no. They're not assigning a permanent supervisor for the colored group. May I ask why? I don't know why. I didn't ask why. We need a supervisor, ma'am. We haven't had one since Miss Jansen got sick. It's been almost a year. Things are working just fine as is. I'm doing the work of a supervisor. Well, that's NASA for you. Fast with rocket ships, low with advancement. Get those trajectory counts worked out. We need them for the redstone test. We forgot to hand out puzzle pieces. I think the easiest way to do that is just pass the buckets round and just real, just get you a puzzle piece. You'll need it in just a minute. Um, now this woman is really insensitive, right? The, the woman says, I didn't ask why. Why are you asking why? I didn't ask why. Um, I told you last week that God created his creation, the earth, the atmosphere, the world, perfect. And, he, and the first humans were perfect and humans chose to turn their back on God. And that's how sin entered into the world. And it's no longer perfect. People messed up um, the world and they're still messing things up. So racism and gender issues and abuse issues, all of those things come from people messing up um, what God has created. Now, this movie is based on the lives of three African-American women. This is a true story. They broke color. Color barriers. They broke gender barriers long before I was even born. This was before the 60s. Uh, the movie's based in the 60s, but before that, they were already mathematicians. They were already doing incredible things. And they actually helped um, NASA win the race to the moon against the Russians. So they were vital to NASA's success, but nobody had heard about them. They were largely left out of the uh, history books because um, of race and, and gender issues. In fact, um, when the uh, when three of the actresses, they when they were interviewed. Y'all just pass the thing. I think it's, I think it's more distracting for y'all to walk around. Just pass the buckets, let the buckets go. Sorry. Everybody's looking at the buckets and, and y'all. So let's just pass the buckets. Take one. It's real hard for me to teach when everybody's looking around. All right. <clears throat> Look up here. Look up here. <clears throat> so these ladies, these three, um, 
actresses were, were interviewed about this and, and one of them said, I went to a black college and I was in the engineering department and the man who was my teacher had his name on the building of the engineering department. She said, I'd never heard this story of these women until she read the script. She got mad and she said, how dare that black professor not tell me about this woman who pioneered the way for him to become an engineer and to get his name on the building in the first place. And these ladies became obsessed with getting the word out about these three vital women back in the day. Um, now these ladies had incredible abilities and I just want to talk to you real quickly about abilities and tell you what uh, God's word teaches us. All abilities come from God. Your, your abilities are the natural talents that you were born with. Now pay attention to this. Since your natural abilities come from God, they are just as important and just as spiritual as your spiritual gifts. Hang on. Your natural abilities were given to you in your mother's womb. You come out of your mother's womb with your natural abilities, natural passions. You're not given a spiritual gift until you accept God. So when you're born, you have natural talents and abilities. When you're born again, you get a spiritual gift. All right? So I just want you to, to pay attention to your gifts. Um, some people come out of the uh, the womb talking. I think Tammy uh, Ward is one of those people. We, uh, I took the band to an outcry uh, concert yesterday, and I was driving the van. Jeff was in the shotgun, and Tammy and Janie and Teresa were right behind me. And I don't, I'm not sure Tammy took a breath from the time we left Palestine until we got back to Palestine about eight hours later. Now, that's not a bad thing. She's a talker. At one point, she said, she said, I feel like I've just talked y'all to death. And she didn't know I was listening, because Jeff and I would talk a little bit, and then I would kind of listen. And, and I, I, I laughed out loud. I don't think she saw that. But she's a talker. Some of you are talkers, right? I'm a professional talker. That's what I get paid to do. Tell you about Jesus, but, but I'm a professional talker. Some of you are very quiet. Some of you like to build things. Some of you have other talents. Some people, they're just incredibly athletic. Um, physical coordination just oozes out of them. And all of these talents, whether it's math or music or building, whatever it is, the talents we believe come from God. Now, one time in the Old Testament, God was going to have the Israelites build a tabernacle, which was where they were going to worship. It'd be like a church, a portable church. And God was going to design this. It's magnificent. If you ever study it, everything from the outer um, tent to the to the holy place to the holy of holies, everything is magnificent, covered in gold. It has all of these carvings, all of these things. Well, God actually designed somebody who was able to do that. And he tells us this in Exodus 31, chapter, uh, verse 3. Now, the guy's name is, is uh, Bezalel, but I didn't have that in there. That's actually in verse 2. So here's God is speaking. He says, I have filled him, Bezalel, with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, intelligence, and skill in all kinds of crafts. He is able to create beautiful objects from gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in cutting and setting gemstones and in carving wood. Yes, he is a master at every craft. My question to you is, where did his talents come from? God. Your talents come from God too. God did not expect Moses to do everything. You know what uh, gift that God gave to Moses was leadership. If you have the gift of leadership, what does God expect you to do? Lead. He wasn't supposed to do all the things of the tabernacle. God created someone else to do that. God created the church just like that. I'm not supposed to do everything. I'm supposed to equip you to do the work of the ministry is what the scripture says in, in Ephesians chapter 4. So God has, has built the church to still do that. Now in this next clip, I want you to pay attention to this woman's boss and I want you to pay attention to what he sees in her and what he proclaims in her.
If we alter the exterior from smooth to corrugated, the capsule might have more stability. But the friction it is under during re-entry. Most shield erosion occurs on the posterior side abutting the retro boosters. Conclusion. The area closest to the boosters is closest to the heat. Coupled with rising temperature on re-entry, the contact softens. We could consider another fastener other than the bolts. Yes. Yes. There is another opening in the engineer training program. Flathead rivets would reduce wind drag. Mary, a person with engineer's mind should be an engineer. You can be a computer the rest of your life. Mr. Zelensky, I'm a Negro woman. I'm not going to entertain the impossible. And I'm a Polish Jew whose parents died in a Nazi prison camp. Now I'm standing beneath a spaceship that's going to carry an astronaut to the stars. I think we can say we are living the impossible. Let me ask you, if you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. Now, did he look at her skin color? Did he look at her gender? He said someone with an engineer's mind should be what? An engineer. And, and we believe that God creates us, that he doesn't make mistakes in gender, in, in um, race. God knits us together. In fact, look what the scripture says in Psalm 139. David, uh, King David is writing this. He says, for you, talking to God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. King David wrote this thousands of years ago, and it's still relevant. It's still true today. I remember sitting in a church service, and I remember hearing these words, and I believed them that God created me in my mother's womb, that God didn't put me with the wrong parents. He didn't mess up. Um, and, and then others have to maybe build into your life because maybe your parents mess up. But I, I believed that I was created by God. That made me important because I was created in the image of God. That makes you important because you're created in the image of God. It makes an unborn child important because they're created in the image of God. God didn't make a mistake. He didn't, he didn't say, oops, uh, their, their skin color is a little too dark. I, I told the people in Haiti that I'm the lightest skin colored Haitian they've ever seen because I've been there 10 times and I, I want to go another 10, 15, 20 times. As, le- as long as God will let me go, I'm going to keep going. God did not mess up by putting people in Haiti. He didn't mess up by putting people in Africa or Russia. God has a plan and he, he, he didn't mess up the plan. We mess it up. Humans are, st- we're really good at messing up God's stuff. Now look what Romans 12, six says about you. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. That's you. Every person has something to contribute to the kingdom of God. In fact, there's there's a study years ago, it said that the average person has between 500 to 700 natural talents and abilities. And I already know some of you going, not me. Well, then you're below average. 
If you're average, you have 500 to 700 talents, more than you even realize. You have something that God wants you to contribute in the kingdom of God. You have an ability, that ability came from God. The second thing is every ability can be used for God's glory. And in fact, that's why God gave you abilities to glorify his name. And something God will never share with you is his glory. God is jealous for his glory. Um, Moses did not get to go into the promised land because he tried to steal some of God's glory. And God says, I will not share my glory with you. And part of maturity is when you care more about God's glory than you do about your reputation. Maturity is, I I shouldn't worry nearly as much about what you think of me as what God thinks of me and protecting and honoring his name. That's maturity. Look what scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You can eat for the glory of God. In fact, there's a, there's a monk, uh, Father Lawrence, years ago, he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And people said that he kind of radiated God's image. So when people saw him, they felt like they were in the presence of Jesus. And someone asked him how he did that. And he said, I practice the, so when he sweeps the floors, he said, I sweep the floor as if I'm in the presence of God. I make the meals as if I'm in the presence of God. I make my bed as if I'm in the presence of God. And it showed in how he treated other people. It showed as a reflection of who God was. Everything he did reflected God's glory. Now, let me just list some, some real quickly, some abilities that are in the scripture, artistic ability, architectural ability, administering, baking, boat, making, candy, making, debating, designing, embalming, embroidering, engraving, farming, fishing, gardening, leading, managing, masonry, making music, making weapons, needlework, painting, planting, inventing, carpentry, sailing, being a soldier, teaching and writing. That's just a few. God has a place in the church where your specialties can shine because abilities without God are just talents. There's a lot of talented people in this world that are not going to make a difference for eternity. Abilities with God are opportunities to make a difference. God created you to make a difference. Did you put those two up there? There's the first one. Go ahead. Next one. Now, this next um, video, I want you to watch where this woman used her talents to make a huge difference. With all due respect, our capsule's being altered daily. We're orbiting the Earth at what speed now? Seventeen thousand five hundred forty-four miles per hour. At the time, the rocket delivers the capsule into low space orbit. Okay, so we have the vehicle speed, the launch window, and for argument's sake, the landing zone is the Bahamas. Should be enough to figure the go, no go? Yeah, in theory, sir. We need to be past theory at this point. We'll be able to calculate a go, no go with that information. When exactly is that going to (laughs) happen? Catherine? Go at it. The goal point. For re-entry is 2,990 miles from where we want Colonel Glenn to land. If we assume that's the Bahamas, it's 17,544 miles per hour. 
Upon re-entry, 370 feet at a descent angle of 46.56 degrees. Distance is velocity squared sine gravity. Thirty-two feet, and the distance would be twenty million five hundred thirty thousand three hundred seventy-two feet, or two thousand nine hundred ninety miles, or forty-six point three three degrees. Okay, so that puts your landing zone at five. Point zero six six seven degrees north, seven seven point three 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 degrees west, which is here, right here, give or take twenty square miles. I like the numbers. <laughs> Thank you. That, of course, is assuming the capsule hits the re-entry point exactly. How do we ensure that? Well, that's the math we don't have yet, gentlemen. We're working on it. Catherine? I love how she used her abilities. What's crazy is at this point, um, no woman had ever been in that room before. She goes in and then she's handed the chalk and because God had equipped her with this mind, she was able to calculate the trajectory of this astronaut that had never been done before from for the United States coming back in. Now, here's what I wanted to tell you is regardless of how God has gifted you, he intends for you to change the destiny of someone else's life. God doesn't save you just for you. God doesn't bless you just for you. God saves you so that you can help lead someone else into the kingdom. God blesses you so that you can bless someone else and point towards God's glory and change their destiny. Now, I want to give you just a couple of quick examples from the Bible, hidden figures in the Bible that that made a massive impact. First of all is the Hebrew midwives. If you know about uh, in the Old Testament when the Israelites were in Egypt, they were in slaves. Pharaoh saw that the, the Israelites were growing too numerous. He was afraid they might mount up a, a challenge against them. And so he commanded that all the male Israelites, all the male Hebrews be killed, the babies be killed. And so these two midwives refused to do that. And, and two of them are named Shipra and Pua. There's a couple of good girl names for you. Um, Shipra and Pua were named, but there were over two million people who left Israel or who left Egypt, the Israelites. And so there's no way two women could have saved all of the babies. There had to be hundreds of unnamed midwives who made an impact on the Israelites who actually saved a whole generation of Hebrew males. Now, the really interesting thing is one of the tribes that they helped save was the tribe of Judah. Do you know who was born the Messiah from the tribe of Judah? Jesus Christ. You do not know when you use your gifts and abilities to build up the kingdom of God. You don't, you don't know the future who God is going to change the trajectory of their lives for all eternity. That's why I keep coming back and saying that the local church is the hope of the world. There's no plan B. We got to get this right. Here's another one. Tabernacle tapestry weavers. I got that off the internet. I didn't make that one up. 
Um, when, when God wanted to build the tabernacle, I already told you that he, he gave some people artistic ability, but we're also told in Exodus 35, 25, that some women were the ones who actually weave things together. It actually says this, all the women whose hearts stirred, stirred by the Holy Spirit with a skill spun the goat's hair and helped make this beautiful tabernacle that was in the middle of the people. It would be like if we were to build tents around here and to signify that we, that God is the center. So all of the tribes actually camped all around the, the tabernacle of God. God's presence would dwell there. Whenever, um, the, the spirit of God would come down, Moses would go in to see God and the people would stand. The men would stand at the entrance to their tents and watch and wait until Moses came out and told them what God said. Imagine if our lives were lived like God was the center and not on the fringe. This signified that God wasn't just their God on Sunday mornings from 11 to 12. God was the center of their life every moment of every day. And these women got to have a part of building this magnificent structure. It was portable. It was a portable church. It was a big deal. And God included women. Now, in the New Testament, we find um, new women disciples. And, and this is actually a big deal because Jesus is the only religious founder that treated women with such respect. In the New Testament, we have all kinds of women um, mentioned. We've got Mary, his mother. We've got Mary Magdalene. We've got Mary and Martha. We've got Joanna. Um, we're told that women financed Jesus' ministry. We're told that women were the very first to see the empty tomb. Uh, we're told that women were in the upper room before and after Jesus ascended back into heaven. And in Acts chapter 16, we're told that the women were praying with Lydia in... in um, before the gospel came to Macedonia and went from Macedonia throughout the rest of Asia Minor and Europe. So we have these hidden figures, praying women, praising women, prophesying women, serving women. We don't know their names, but I believe God does. And I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to see some of this stuff. Some of you are serving God in secret. God sees it. And I believe one day he'll make that known. Now, in this last clip... Um, Catherine saves the day. And this is actually based on a true story. What I read was John Glenn said, get the girl. Watch, watch how he says this here. The IBM's been spot on up to this point, John, but we'll run it again and see what it comes up with. But I'm going to be honest with you, Al. When I fly, I fly the machine. And right now, it seems like this machine's flying me. We're on the same page, John. Our guys are on it. Let's get the girl to check the numbers. The girl? Yes, sir. You mean Catherine? Yes, sir. The smart one. I mean, she says they're good. I'm ready to go. All right, we'll get into it. Roger. Looking for Catherine Goble. It's Catherine Johnson now. They need you to verify these coordinates. All right, give us some space, so to work. As we await Colonel John Glenn's launch. A truly historic day for America. The country has waited for several months through many failed unmanned Atlas rocket tests and ten scheduled manned attacks, which were canceled for various mechanical or system complications. Even when all the final tests and checks are being conducted, John Glenn is ready to board the French ship set. But today we remain truly optimistic, and it's a go day in all regards. Could indicate a hesitancy on NASA's behalf, but 
What the devil are you doing? Are you taking a break? What I want you to realize, do you think John Glenn cared whether she was black, whether she was female? He wanted the numbers right. And and so it, when you're watching the movie, they, they confirm the numbers, he's saved, and everything's great. Well, here's what I want you to realize. What I'm able to do, this is the last point on your listening guide, what I'm able to do, God wants me to do. It's number three, and then I'm going to give you three quick little things. You're the only person on the planet who can do what God shaped you to do. No one else has your shape, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. Nobody else looks just like you. You're the only person that can carry out what God put you here to do. And Hebrews 13, 21 in the living translation says this. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying God of peace, God who is, is powerful enough to raise someone from the dead. Look what he did. He equipped you with all you need for doing his will. God has given you what he, uh, everything you need to to bring glory and honor to his name. So it's time you figured out what God put you on this planet to do. Now, I want you to take your your puzzle piece and and I want you to put your initials on the back of your puzzle piece. Everybody got a puzzle piece? All right. Put your initials on the back of the puzzle piece and then I'm going to tell you why. Um, The typical church looks like this picture. God has gifted you, he's shaped you, he, he has given you everything you need to make a difference. But most people are, are, are not plugged in. And so what I'm going to ask you to do in just a minute, I'm going to give you a couple of things, but I'm going to ask you if you feel God is, has called you to a ministry and you're serving in that ministry... And when you get finished, you feel like you're just on top of the world. Like, like God has filled you up. Like God used you to move the ball down the field and, and, and score some goals or, or make some points in the kingdom of God. Janie will tell me sometimes when, when she used to teach the 18 month to three year olds, she'd come home and say, man, the kids got it today. It'd take a little while, but they'd go through, I love to pat the Bible, pat the Bible. And they would know their Bible stories. And, and there was one little girl, Olivia Baker. Um, by the time she was three, she would run the class. She would tell, if Janie wasn't in there, she would tell the teacher, okay, it's time for us to have our snack now. It's time for us to sing our songs. It's time for us to have the Bible story. I mean, she knew. And you give the answers, she would say the answers. And Janie would come home. She goes, my three-year-old's got it today. She teaches, she loves teaching in the in the first through, she teaches everywhere back there. First through third, she'll come home. They got it today. The fourth through sixth graders, Tammy loves that class. Janie loves that class. She'll come home. My fourth through sixth graders are sharp. They know the scripture. And she said, I prepare them. My goal is when they go into the youth group, they know know 
who Jesus is. They know Jesus died for them. They know the basics of Christianity. And she'll come home. They got it today. If you're serving in a ministry where you feel like God is using you, then very discreetly, at some point, it could be today, it could be next week, I'm going to leave these up here for a few weeks. I want you to come and I want you to place your, your peace on the altar to signify, God, I'm, 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 I'm doing what I believe you called me to do. And, and it doesn't mean that you're finished. God may call you to do something else. But you're plugged in. We've got a few pieces up here. I'm going to leave these here and then in a few weeks, I'm going to put together what, what we have. And, and honestly, I, I don't think we'll have that many pieces. Because there's way too many people in the kingdom of God, not just here, every church I've ever been in. Too many people not serving. Too many people sitting. If you read the scriptures, following Jesus is not a spectator sport. You're supposed to get in the game. So if you don't know where you're supposed to serve, over the next few weeks, you just pray. And then eventually, I don't know, months, six weeks, two months, then, then you're, I'll put this together. And I'm going to keep, and I'll put it up. I'm going to display it somewhere in the church that's prominent so people can be reminded. God called me to serve, not to sit. And there's somebody that God wants you to lead into the kingdom of God. Somebody I can't lead because, oh, he's a preacher. He's supposed to say those things. But when they see God working in you, it rocks their world. Now, if you want to be used by God, three things. Let God know that you're ready and willing. That's your two blanks there. Ready and willing. God, I'm ready to serve. Expect opposition from Satan. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy the church. The reason there's strife in the church is because Satan is good at his job. Do you know anything that causes division in the church is sin? Anything that causes division in your marriage is sin? Satan's real good. He's going to oppose you. We've got to have discernment to figure out when it's Satan and when and, and what God is telling us to do in opposition to Satan. And third is believe God will use your ability. Imagine if my suitcase, which has my name on it, by the way, Janie puts these, she laminated this and, and Shandy made these little puff balls. And actually these are, these are wonderful. These little puff ball things, these are wonderful when they come out on the, on the luggage bin because all of, even though this is purple, I got purple because it's not black. They still look alike. It does not matter what it says on the outside. There's two different places this says this belongs to Doug Washburn. What matters is what's inside, right? Some of you don't know Jesus. You can't have the spirit of God. Some of you have Jesus in your life, but you're not doing anything. Can you imagine if this suitcase sat in my, in my attic and said, no, nah, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm fine up here in this attic. Just leave me alone. That's exactly what people in the church do every Sunday. That's unacceptable. So if you're not serving, this message should get all over you. How dare that preacher? I'm just telling you what God's word says. You're supposed to be a member of a church. God, there's no such thing in the scripture as a Lone Ranger Christian. You're supposed to be habitually worshiping. He says, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But all the more as we see the day approaching, is, is, it, is the day getting eat more evil or better? Is our, is our country getting better or is it getting more evil? That means it's coming nearer and nearer to the end of time. And we're supposed to be about the kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you that you want to even use us, that you care enough about us you sent Jesus. But you didn't just want to save us, you want to use us. 
stir up a fire in our bones that will not be quenched until we serve in your kingdom. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.